Hey everybody, Raj here. Welcome to the Bookworm Bookworm Raj podcast, where I do book reviews. And the book we will be reviewing today is The Secret Race by Tyler Hamilton and Daniel Coyle. It was published in 2012. I came across this book when reviewing the notes on an episode of Dr. Peter Atiyah's podcast, The Drive. It's an excellent podcast. You guys should definitely listen to it. He mentioned the book, The Secret Race. And so I was like, I have to get this book. They mentioned that this book was so good that they wish it would never end. Like you got sad when it ended. And I felt the same way. I mean, this book is incredible. Five out of five. Um, Heck, I, I can even give it a six out of five. This book is a true story, and it's even suspenseful. I found myself reading this book late at night and early in the morning when I wake up. I need to read more books like this. Not only do you learn about stuff, but it's also a page turner. This book is told and written by Tyler Hamilton. He was a world-class cyclist that won a gold medal at the Olympics for cycling, competed in all the big tours, including the Tour de France, um, I think he even placed not on the podium, which is the top three. I think he may have placed fourth. So still very, very impressive. Um, he was on the famous or you can say the infamous postal team that Lance Armstrong was also on. So what's this book about? Well, it's about cycling and how pro cyclists dope on performance enhancing drugs. And I knew that Lance later admitted to doping, and he actually admitted to doping a year after this book was published. So this book is kind of a is a tell-all, and it does talk about Lance cheating, though I don't think Lance admitted to cheating until a year after this book. And I'll get to that a little bit later on. But I didn't realize until I read this book that everybody was doping. Like all the top cyclists were doping. Even the mid-level cyclists were dopey. Just to even compete in the race, you had to dope. Um, It kind of reminds me of the steroid baseball era in the uh, late 90s. Like Everybody was taking some sort of performance-enhancing drugs, whether it was steroids or human growth hormones, just to play even baseball, even the non-all-stars. Well, the same with pro cycling. And what was crazy is the system that they developed to compete in these races. It was like stuff that you could only that you would only see in movies. I mean, that's how crazy it was. So some of the important parts of the book, um, so every cycling team would have a team doctor. And, you know, the team doctor, you know, there to make sure the the training was right, the health was right, but more than anything, they were the drug dealers. They would get the PEDs. In this case, it was EPO. And I don't know what EPO stands for, but they would have these code names, especially the Americans. They would call it Edgar Allan Poe, the uh, famous author from way back when. And then they would just shorten it, call it Edgar. So it was like they would just tell us, hey, you got some Edgar? I'm going to need some Edgar, which was just code word for EPO. They would use testosterone, which was a little bit less effective. And then they would do blood transfusions. And I don't know the science behind it. They do. This book does explain a little bit about it. But um, by taking the blood out of your system, doing a blood draw, and then doing some things to it where they spin it and all this stuff, and then they cool it, and then they transfuse it back into you, um, 
just makes you cycle a lot better. And they would plan with the cyclists, these, uh, the, the team doctor, on when and how they would dope. And they would get like burner phones to communicate with them. So the authority, they'd be one step ahead of the authorities in case the authorities, the feds, the tasting agency, they were uh, tapping into their phones. So before I read this book, I was under the assumption that dopers were cheaters who didn't want to do the hard work to compete. That's not true. If anything, the cyclists that dope worked the hardest. They trained the hardest. And this book does show how the doping system worked and how the doctors and the cyclists would work around the system. And they were always one step ahead around the system. Though eventually the system caught up to them with better tests. And just after a while, you know, and Tyler Hamilton mentions this in the book is like they were always smarter than the testers and the doping agencies that were after them. But, you know, you do it long enough, a slip up's going to happen. And, you know, a slip up here, a slip up there, and then all of a sudden suspicions arises and then journalists will just say, hey, you know what? I think everybody's doping. But this book, more than anything, also shows how much the cyclists would train. I mean, they put in the work. I mean, if you dope and then just sit around and watch TV and then show up at the race, you're not going to do well at all. You'll finish last. You have to put in the work. And, you know, the doping didn't make them want to put in the work. I mean, that's motivation, that's grit, that's being able to get up every day, even when you don't want to, and going on a long, hard bike ride. So they would train all day, and they would watch what they eat, so they can be very, very skinny. That's something the book mentions, is that you have to be very, very skinny with almost no body fat. So you have to watch every bite that you did. Because that impacts performance. Um, Tyler Hamilton mentioned that um, losing weight was a performance enhancing in itself, though it was perfectly legal. Legal, Just by losing three pounds can make all the difference in the world. And so he mentioned that low body weight was a key factor, which makes sense. The lighter you are, um, the less weight you have to push around and cycle. Um, so they had to watch what they ate all the time. So that's, that's torture. And, you know, at the end of the book, I'm jumping around a bit. But Tyler Hamilton, when he retired, you know, he, he noticed that he had a little body fat in his stomach. And he was like, wow, I never noticed that before. That felt good. And, you know, just to get back on the skinniness, it was like people would tell him like, oh, my God, you don't look good. You need to eat some more. Or, you know, his his first wife would mention like, I think I could see your organs. And he kind of took that as a compliment, meaning that, you know what, he's losing weight. And he's going to be ready for the races. So, and then other than training for cycling, the racers would do nothing else regarding physical activity. They didn't want to waste their energy on anything other than bike riding. They would just lay on the couch or bed all day. I mean, that's what Tyler Hamilton got a little tip from somebody was just like, if you're not training, you're sitting or you're laying down. And if they did walk, and they almost never walked, at least Tyler Hamilton. He just would never walk. Why waste the energy, um, conserve that energy for the races, for the training? So if they did walk, they would walk very, very slowly. So it's a brutal life. Even though they're the most conditioned athletes in the world, they would look extremely lazy if you saw them lying around or walking. They're like, man, that person's slow. And then so when it comes to doping, all the cyclists would know 
they would all know that everybody's doping. It's just part of the game, you know? So it was a secret, but it wasn't a secret. Um, the cycling team and the cyclists, they would keep their methods a secret, though eventually it would go out because these cyclists would join other teams. You know, you, you're on a team for a year or two and your contract expires or they kick you out for whatever reason or you go to another team for a better opportunity to be a team leader, get paid more money, and you would bring your secrets with you. So after a while, everybody knew what everybody was doing. Um and these cyclists thought, and especially Lance Armstrong, and I'll talk a little bit more about him toward, um, later in this review, that if you weren't cheating, you weren't trying to win. And using PEDs was something the team and the cyclists spent as much time thinking about as they would train. Now, obviously, you would train all day. They may not be doping all day, but they'd be thinking about doping and developing a system and how they would dope, you know? When should they dope? How early in the race should they dope? Should they dope during the race? And what should they dope with? And what? How much? What's the amount that they would dope? So, and so they would all do that, um, and they would even use burner phones. So, you know, to get around the system, um, use code words when they would talk. So, you know, instead of saying what hotel room that they would mention, they would use other code words to symbolize the hotel room. So. All very secretive. Even Tyler Hamilton mentioned that, you know, he'd wear a baseball cap really low to cover his face. And and so nobody would recognize him when he would go to the doctor's office or meet the doctor at the at some hotel to do the blood transfusion or the or EPO. And so it was a must. If you wanted to compete in these big races, you had to dope. That was the only thing. And not only had to dope, you had to be serious about it. And you have to have the best team doctor that was on top of it. Some other thoughts on the book. Um, Lance Armstrong was a jerk. Um, he just was. Just not a very nice guy. But he was also the, the king of the sport. He was the richest, the most admired, and probably the most hated. But you didn't want to get on his bad side. I mean, he had the money, the fame, and the connection to ruin other cyclists. Yeah, um, other sponsors, you know. If they got word that Lance didn't like that other cyclist, the other sponsors would avoid that cyclist, you know? So you can lose, like, sponsorship money just be being on the bad side of Lance. And he played the game better than anyone, from just training and putting in the hard work to even doping and to politics. I mean, he had connections. He was famous. He knew CEOs and presidents of the United States and other world leaders around the world. And because of those connections... It, it helped him give him favorable journalism, fav- favorable stories. It probably even helped him, you know, um, having a federal investigation get dropped, even though they had all the evidence. They just dropped it. And, you know, the book hints that, you know, probably the only reason he, they dropped it was because Lance had connections with, um, with the federal government. But... You know, if you treat others badly, then karma does come for you. And so this book doesn't com- doesn't was written before Lance Armstrong confessed in, I think, 2013. Um, but, you know, reading this book, you can kind of tell like karma, karma was going to be coming for Lance. So just to wrap it up, I highly recommend this book. You guys should get this book immediately, whether at the library or at the bookstore 
a used bookstore, online, however you get it, it's a must read. Even if you're not a cycling fan, and I'm not, though I might become one now I know how much effort the racers put into it. Now, you know, I don't see myself like constantly watching these races, but if I'm flipping the channel on the TV and I see a race, I might watch a little bit of it. Also, I wish more nonfiction books are like this, where you learn something. And in this case, you learn about cycling, the training, the doping that was involved, the team structure. But it's also a page turner. You know, I wanted to know what was going to happen at the end. So to conclude this book review, I will quote what Tyler Hamilton wished. He told a young kid, he was speaking to a young kid um, the day before, I think, his 60 Minutes interview or his like, or the or his confession to the Fed, the federal investigations. He didn't say it, but he wished he said it. Um, And the quote is, the truth will set you free. So I know it's cliche, but it's true. Um, And Tyler mentions it, that he felt like a new person that can enjoy life, and he was happy. And uh, once he came clean, and I think that's the most important thing in this book, is the truth will set you free. So that's it. Uh, Thanks, everybody. I will see you guys in two weeks with my next book review. Thanks.